0: Buildings have evolved, so let's give them the attention they deserve. This is 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from the building experts at Boland. We're a building solutions provider with more than 350 professionals and 150 technicians with one goal in mind, to make your building better. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of 10 Minutes to a Better Building, brought to you by the building experts at Boland. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, thrilled to be with you as always. Now, today we're taking a look at the financial side of things and some of the primary obstacles that hold building owners back from making investments in having a better building, which I, I think this is a really interesting and important topic to discuss. And joining me today is James Tucker. He's an energy services account executive at Boland. James, great to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks for joining me. Hey, Tyler. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to dive in, so let's do it, James. You know, we've, we've outlined a number of ways on the podcast that building owners can improve their buildings, but what are some of the obstacles that hold owners back from really jumping at some of these opportunities?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. There are a lot of reasons why owners aren't jumping at these opportunities, but the four most common obstacles that we encounter are lack of capital. Cash is king, right? While many owners prefer pay, to pay cash due to the timing and availability of funding, it usually results in delaying or preventing infrastructure upgrades. This is because companies often use available working capital for inventory, accounts receivable, and operating expenses necessary to grow their business rather than from their perspective, tying up cash and infrastructure and capital equipment, not directly related to their business strategies. The second obstacle is what is referred to as split incentives. This is when the cost and benefits related to reducing energy usage falls to different parties. Let's say for example, you're an owner of a commercial building that has a triple net lease. The tenant pays a utility bill, which means that you as the building owner will never realize the benefit of a lower utility bill. So in the end, you decide not to invest in an energy efficiency project. This could also be flipped for a tenant that leases an entire building. By the time the tenant realizes the payback on an energy efficiency project through lower utility bills, The building may no longer fit their needs and the owner retains the asset in either scenario you can easily see why this is one of the largest obstacles we come across but it's good to know there there are strategies to address this other another obstacle is the desire for an owner to use traditional funding and evaluation methods this looks like a typical owner that wants to pay cash and expects a three-year return on investment or less while this is There's nothing wrong with this financial metric in general, and it does limit the owner's ability to fund infrastructure upgrades beyond low-cost, no-cost energy conservation measures. And the last obstacle we come across is an owner that doesn't trust the savings being touted. And you can't blame them because we've all seen companies out there making claims that don't add up.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. You know, every time you turn on the TV, you have, uh, you know, uh, someone trying to advertise to you that they can save you 15%. And it's only going to take you, you know, X amount of minutes or something like that. Not calling right. individual companies, but right, like we're all <laughs> used to uh, on some level in our lives, hearing these pitches that, oh, we're going to save you so, so much money. And they rarely pan out the way that it, it sounds, right? So you, you can't really blame people for being, you know, skeptical on some level, right? Exactly. Yeah, so that, that's an that's an interesting one, but you know, one of the things that stands out to me is that energy energy performance standards are. Changing all the time, they're continuously being updated, which puts a lot of strain on owners to really meet those standards, right? Because often there's a, a timeline that they need to hit certain benchmarks and that sort of thing. So, how do building owners make investments in this current economy um, that help them meet those energy standards, but you know, recognizing some of the the financial constraints that that exist around uh, you know making upgrades and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. There are, there are many localities looking for ways to incentivize owners to improve the efficiency of, those, of their buildings. Some are using a platform that scores your building's efficiency against similar buildings in the area, and others are implementing new building energy performance standards. Um, And because of these performance standards, owners are facing benchmarking laws that put a timeline on meeting specific efficiency thresholds, or they could be penalized. So back to your original question, Tyler, given the current economy and, and the common obstacles that keep owners from making the necessary investments, how will they meet the energy standards imposed on them? And, you know... I believe that alternative funding strategies can help an owner structure project finances so the payments are less than the energy savings. In other words, Boland can help owners to stop paying rent to the utility companies and instead invest that money back into their business. And some of these strategies we evaluate include federal and state tax benefits, um, utility incentives, energy procurement strategies, plus there's grants and finance vehicles. And I know this can sound overwhelming, however, Boland has a team focus on these alternative funding strategies, which is why we are so successful in I- implementing a more sustainable investment for our clients.
0: So like you mentioned, Boland has a has a team kind of built around this. So how can that team and how can the experts at Boland help guide a building's financial stakeholders to help maybe identify some of their priorities and, and gather the right metrics and uh, and things that they're going to need
1: to help them really reach those goals that they have? Well, whether you're for-profit or non-profit or commercial real estate, or healthcare, every owner has a different opportunities when it comes to energy efficiency projects. But by sitting down with a building stakeholder to understand their priorities and gather financial metrics, we can share insight in how to meet the energy performance standards while making sure the building works better for you, your occupants, and your bottom line.
0: That's really fascinating that, uh, that that's able to happen. So what are some factors to consider when it comes to financing vehicles and, and things along those lines, different strategies that exist uh, to, to really help work towards uh, meeting some of those goals? Are, are there factors to think through? Are there things that people need to be aware of when it comes to these numbers and,
1: and what their goals are? Yeah. First and foremost, I want to make clear that Bone is not a bank or an accounting firm, which is why we don't want to, be, to prescribe a solution but to provide a t- uh, your team with options that align with your goals. Um, then you can consult with your accountant or bank to confirm these approaches for your business. With that said, in, in order to narrow down your financing options, there are some factors to consider when evaluating different financing vehicles. And these, fin- these factors include the stakeholder's tax appetite. Does the project qualify for state and federal tax credits? And if it does, can the owner can the owner or does the owner want to take advantage of the tax credits? Another factor is owner's performance risk. Earlier, I talked about how owners may not believe the savings being touted. Well, some financing options transfer the risk from the owner to the contractor. So instead of the traditional financing mechanism, which puts the performance risk on the owner, a performance contract puts the risk on the contractor through utilizing a measurement and verification process. It's also worth noting, though, that there are financing vehicles that require third-party verification on the proposed energy savings which provides the credibility without the extra costs associated with measurement and verification requirements. And the last factor to consider is the stakeholder's financing risk. Owners need to understand how each vehicle affects their balance sheet, credit line, and the terms. A 0% interest sounds great. However, the goal is to create cash flow positive project, and the term may be too short, or it could require a large upfront capital investment. And therefore, it could make sense to consider a Four to five percent interest rate over a longer term and no upfront capital.
0: So, James, you know, we started off this conversation talking about the obstacles that hold building owners back from making these investments and jumping at these opportunities to improve their buildings. And now that you've kind of laid out uh, some more of this information uh, based around the the financial side of things, how would you respond maybe to some of those obstacles if if you're talking to a building owner and they say uh, maybe lack of capital is the issue or uh, split, split incentives or not trusting savings, you know, how would you respond maybe to some of those obstacles uh, that are in the way uh, that are holding building owners back in light of the other information that we've, we've talked about here on the podcast today?
1: I mean, yeah, that's a great question. And I think the first thing I would kind of say to them is, you know, let's not take financing vehicles off the table. I know financing can be a dirty word a lot of times, but, you know, and, and capital is, and cash is king. But, you know, we can start with implementing the project with a finance vehicle. And once you finally get um, the available funding or, or um, acquire the capital that you need, you can always pay off that financing vehicle at that time. Um, And with these finance vehicles, they also can help you, you know, uh, address the split, the split incentives by passing the, uh, by passing the, the payments on to the tenant through a special assessment. So there's the, the I guess the main takeaway would be, you know, I get that all this information can seem very complex, but, you know, Boland has the tools needed to help you develop and implement a su- successful energy-efficient project and react as your fiduciary.
0: Well, James, if people have questions and they want to uh, maybe seek out Boland or, or have a conversation with you about some of the questions they have in this area, what's the best way for them to reach out and, and to get
1: in touch with you? You know, we uh, we have great tools with all, on our website that you can go to. You can also call our main line and, and they know how to get a hold of us. I, you know, I I just want to emphasize that, you know, I've been with Boland for, you know, seven years and I've recently made the, the decision to move into the industry service team. And, and I did that because... I just truly believe Boland is set up properly to be, you know, really help our clients. And for starters, it kind of starts with, you know, Train is one of the largest energy service companies in the market, which means we have the ability to develop, implement, and verify energy savings in house. And then we pair that with our partnerships that we have that go beyond HVAC and control systems, which could include lighting or the building envelope, renewable rem- renewable energy, et cetera. And we differentiate ourselves from the competition by building a team that's based on the desired performance risk. Plus, we have a strong relationship with the local utility companies, which help us maximize the incentives, and a utility procurement team that structures the best utility rate for you. If needed, we also have a number of investment partners that can customize funding for a wide range of financial strategies, and these strategies are matched based on your financing risk. And lastly, I would just say that you know, once the project is complete, we have one of the largest service departments in the DC metro area that can support and maintain these installed systems. And you tie that with our Apply Building Insight team, which continuously commissions the system. And we make sure that you keep your, your investment operating at peak performance.
0: There you go. Great stuff from James Tucker, Energy Services Account Executive at Boland. James, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast and speaking a little bit more to the financial side of things.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Tyler. It was great.
0: Absolutely, and everyone, thank you for tuning in to Ten Minutes to a Better Building. We uh, always love having you here on the podcast. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe to the podcast so you can get these insights right there on uh, on your podcast feed as soon as we post them. Uh, of course, we have more episodes coming out on a regular basis, so stay tuned for those. But make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you go visit Boland's website to learn more about what they offer and the expertise that they have in this area. And stay tuned; we'll be back soon with those new episodes, like I mentioned. But until For James Tucker, my guest, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.